Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. to Inconceivable. I'm William. I'm Spencer. I'm Gordon. And no, it is not Thursday yet. <laughs> so, this is almost a complete brother's edition, because we have my brother here, Spencer, and we have Alex's brother, Gordon, here. And I, I said this before the podcast, I thought that was pretty funny. No one really, like, has notes for this. Like, sometimes we'll look at stuff on our phones on the fly, but Alex is always, like, has to, he just, he needs to have that comfort of just something to, like, reference to from time to time. He doesn't, like, use it mainly but like he likes to have that reference mm -hmm. and Gordon comes in and he's got his notebook and just like it runs in the family it's just hilarious it <laughs> so I thought that was funny yeah. but yeah so yeah I'm gonna get started here of course I'm getting a call <laughs> I knew I'd get a call yeah see that's why you know it oh I haven't turned my phone let's, 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 let's not talk about the fact that I told everyone to put their phones on silent and I didn't do that myself so yeah um <laughs> So yeah, my topic today, I want to talk about uh, a game that I want Rockstar to bring back. No, it's not Bully. It's <laughs> Midnight Club. Now, I know everybody's really hyped about Red Dead Redemption coming back, and that's fair. It's a really, really awesome game, and it's going to be amazing because we haven't seen it on this generation yet, so they're going to do mm. some crazy things with it. GTA came out at a really funny time where it came out like as the change was happening, so they like kind of made it for both yeah, like they, they, they kept kind of rolling things out for like the future generation yeah because they made kinda. it compatible with it so it was like half utilizing the new console to be honest mm -hmm. so um because it's still for the most part the full game on the ps3 and xbox 360 right yeah, yeah they had yeah. the whole thing they had the online infrastructure and everything that's really amazing because it's such a huge game yeah like remember the ps2 ones where you needed multiple discs to oh, yeah. play the game yeah. yikes so um, fortunately, we're way past that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so Midnight Club, for those who don't know, is a racing game that Rockstar used to make, and it is very similar to the the driving that you'll see in um, GTA. Uh, probably a little bit less cartoony because there was a little bit more serious on my handling and stuff like that. But um, as someone who really liked racing games, um, I was all about all the customization. Um, mm -hmm. That was one of the, my favorite parts was like all the modifications to the car and then painting it and then um like um just like all like the lots of like different cars you could use and then midnight club also had real car makes these like gta use yeah. like faked ones you know sure. there's a lot of like resemblance to other ones you can see but like i always appreciate when you have like real world cars in it because like it's the car that you've always wanted and now right, it's only exactly. yours but you can like make it yours and that's always fun and of course just building your way up the ladder to get the better and better cars doing these street races which were um i think is a hard thing to pull off when you're having open street races and by that being you just have an open world in a city 
and the racetracks are just set by arrows that you're supposed to follow. There's no walls. There's like, okay. yeah, the only the only thing you have to guide for you is an arrow. And if you go down a wrong street, that's that's your own fault, and you have to make mm -hmm. up for that. That being said, it kind of had a unique way of shortcuts because as long as you connected the dots with the arrows, you could go any way you want. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you can come up with a shorter path that wasn't even intended by the uh, whoever made the original race. Right. And then what was also really fun was making your own races too, which was super cool. You'd be like, you figure out all these secret areas, like I'm gonna make them go through this area, I'm gonna make them go mm -hmm. through this area, and then you could have power-ups too. So uh, that was really cool too. Didn't they also have point-to-point -point races? So I feel like they had point to point. Yes, they did that. So, yeah. yeah, they would also have one. So, like, you could have a race across the city where you mm -hmm. just have, like, you yeah, have a starting point yeah, and an end point. Yeah. And just, like, a dash to whoever could get to the end point okay. first. And that was also a lot of fun. Yeah. So, but... I remember uh, collecting all those Rockstar um, icons. So oh, yeah. Throughout the map. Yeah, you get these icons. What did they give you? Did they give you anything? No, they're collectibles. I think they had maybe 50 throughout the map. And you, you just... They're just secret things in secret areas where... You find them in the place. Usually, you find them during race. I think they appear in races, but usually, you find them mm. in places like shortcuts where they take you through races. Right. Yeah. And it, it's cool to find those because you're like, oh, this is a cool area I haven't seen before. And you can make your own race and have you go through that area that you found. Yeah. That that there's a lot of uh, exploration that's a little mm -hmm. really fun with cars because it's rewarding because like, oh, I now knew, know this new area that I can use as a shortcut in a race mm -hmm. in the future. Um, so yeah, there has been four midnight club club games four main ones they've made like different editions and s stuff like that mm -hmm. but there was one two and three and really midnight club is not what we knew what it is today until midnight club three yeah one and two was much more linear because it'd be like mission to mission and didn't really give you a chance to explore because you had these very mm -hmm. direct path of race that had to go from midnight club three they changed it to where now it's your typical open world kind of adventure where they have a main storyline and they have side missions and you like drive to those things to do the next point in the story okay. but you go in and out of the story so you do do the race that was part of the story then you went back into free race mode where you just like drive around whatever drive around city. yeah and then uh if you want to continue the story it shows you here's that next objective that we referred to at the end of your last mission mm -hmm. but then there's also other ones that you can do and you can just just um play around in the city um so, so were there were there uh, different types of races you could do that weren't part of the main story, like uh, in different parts of the city? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they, they added like side quests and stuff like that, which is cool. Um, and then those were also sometimes needed, just like in any open world game like Skyrim, mm -hmm. where sometimes the story missions alone didn't provide you exactly of all like the money and equipment you needed. So mm -hmm. occasionally you want to do those side missions to get a little extra you wanna, cash. You want to grind a little. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so... Um, um, and that's that's always great. Um, and then, um, so then in Midnight Club, it wasn't four; it was L.A. is what they called it, and yeah. they modeled it off to the city L.A. Halfway? It's not like an exact. It's not like Assassin's Creed level of remaking, <laughs> um, but um, it's probably like half that. So there's okay. a lot of landmarks that you see. All oh, that makes sense, and it's like got the general shape of L.A., mm. uh, but all the details are different. Sure. Um, Kind of shrunken down to make it playable. And yeah, it's still a really big map, though. And, I think from one end to the other, it would take you, like, ten minutes to get from one end to the map. Does that sound about right? That's a pretty I don't, I don't think I've played the other one. I played the third, I think I played the second one. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had one play the first one. So you, we played them out of order when we got them. Yeah, but LA was the one we played the most, because that was the one on the PS3. I don't think I played on the PS2. Really? I, I play like mostly PS2. Because the three came out. The three was the first one to come to the PS3 generation, um, mm -hmm. and then LA came out towards the end. In fact, 
Um, the LA one was released in 2008, so it literally oh, wow. came towards the end, yeah. So it was them really just putting a cherry on top of everything that they learned through the... Because that's the thing, is that like, the best games for a console comes out at the very end when they learn how to really utilize that console for everything it's worth. Time, yeah. yeah, like Uncharted is a great example of that. Like, I think um, Last of Us would be a... Like, yeah, because The Last of Us was one of those bridging the, the gaps, I think. Yeah, right? they remastered um, it for the PS4 for the shortly PS4. after the release. I don't think there was much added to that other than performance and graphics. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess GTA Five is the same way, but I feel like there's more to offer with the uh, with the new one. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I haven't done a lot of research um, on that specifically. But the, the thing was, like, uh, as you're saying with Uncharted... You know, as they're progressing and, and really honing their craft and working with the system that they've been had access to for almost a decade, yeah. they finally, uh, in terms of like performance, really nailed down uh, how to work in it, and right. that's where you know The Last of Us shines, where you know it just looks so much better than yeah, like any of the games that came before. And I will say. Um, Naughty Dog did have a slight advantage on the rest of the competition because back in the PS3 days, the PS3 had a cell processor, which was this mm. really complicated processor that had more potential than processors even in our current generation of consoles have. Mm. However, it was extremely complicated to use and took forever to learn. Mm -hmm. And Naughty Dog, uh, being one of PlayStation's main first-party studios, sure. got early access to use that before the PS3 came out, so they had more time to work with that and yeah. more connections with Sony to learn how to use it. Right. Um, it was very, very painful for third-party um, game makers who were making it for the Xbox 360 to be really simple to use, and they'd have to remake portions of it for the PlayStation because they couldn't just simply port it because sure. the processing was completely different. So. Good in theory, but didn't end up panning out so well. Yeah, I know a lot of games had uh, issues, or multi-platform games had a lot of issues. I think um, one that comes to mind was Skyrim. Uh, apparently, pretty early on after its release, um, there's a, a glitch, uh, or a bug, if you will, where um, because of the way the processor was set up, um, it, would, it, was, it would keep track of everything that was happening in the game. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't able to like save it and then shut it off. It was processing everything oh. that happened. So like you pick up an apple and you put it over here, it's remembering that in real time. And you open a door, so now everything in the house of the door you opened uh, is also processing in real time. So like the further you explore in the world, it basically like bricks your save. Oh yes. Uh, so like until they. Uh, until they were able to like get in there and monkey it around and fix it, uh, he, it was basically unplayable. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's if you just open. I just imagine just opening up every door and like, let's see how how many doors it takes to how crash this guy. <laughs> how many doors does it take to crash this PlayStation? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it's crazy where we are now for processing power for consoles. They're yeah. insane. Um, so yeah, with Midnight Club, um, what LA really did was just like took the uh, almost perfected mixture of uh, Midnight Club 3, give it a bigger map, give it more cars, give it more customization, mm -hmm. and gave it online play, which made it super awesome because it made the replay value super high because then now you take your customized car and your knowledge of the city against other real players mm -hmm. who are obviously way better than, um, than the AI, which... Right. 
<laughs> we were kind of spoiled with now. AI is pretty awesome these yeah. days, but back in like that console generation, it was very rigid mm -hmm. in what it was what what it was capable of. Yeah. So, I, I do think though that anytime you go, e even considering the advances uh, in AI, anytime you go from the single player experience to online, you're mm. in for a pretty rude awakening. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true because they the big thing is that they play differently. They mm -hmm. don't they don't have the same thought, like literally, they don't have the same thought process right, of like how to do what they're doing. very little deviousness where AI is concerned. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's like, uh, for instance, a more uh, hardcore racing game would be Gran Turismo. The mm -hmm. computers have a very specific way of driving. Human players do not have that same specific way. So you start to learn how to gang the system by how the AI system players drives, how they take certain corners and do all these things. Because it's a very precise racing game where you have to really make all these minute changes to really win the race. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so when you're changing that to online, it's a whole different ball game. It's like you don't even know the game anymore. You just <laughs> literally throw out everything you knew out the window. You're basically playing NASCAR at that point. <laughs> so, um, How would you... Because um, I think uh, I remember hearing that a big part of uh, Midnight Club, uh, one of the major draws to the series was that it had a great soundtrack. Um, is that... Yeah. No, it did. Come to think of it. Um, I think um, it was on par with um, a lot of... with most of today's racing games. Okay. So it was ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. um, it had good sound design. It had good music mm -hmm. on it as well. Um, also, it being towards the end, the graphics are some of the best you'll see in a racing game for that generation. Oh, yeah. So that was pretty awesome. Um, probably only to be beat out by Gran Turismo and Forza, which oh, yeah, are like yeah. focused on like the best graphics. Yeah. But it's like... It's really focused on being as real as possible yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, what I love, like, but this is going for something different. It's not going for the most realistic. It's about mm -hmm. going for a just really just a lot of the, the fun about street racing, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't mm -hmm. think there's a better street racer out there. And, um, you know, Rockstar are so good with all the details. Like, right. Gran Turismo 5 is a shining example of that, of all the details. There is games within games of Gran Turismo 5. You could just uh, Grand play... Th Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you can just, like play golf if you wanted to there's, there's <laughs> the whole golf game and tennis game in there um there's like you can just drive all that time mm -hmm. or you can make it a first person shooter and now with online in there like you <laughs> literally can make crazy game modes on there like there's a whole group of people who only play um uh, grand theft auto for uh, racing and they make these tracks like in the air so they don't mm -hmm. have boundaries with the mm -hmm. city sure and they have these crazy like hot wheel tracks yeah. and it's crazy the That's, stuff that they do. I think those are the stunt races. Yeah. The categories under, yeah. So, and I'm just like, I look at that, I'm like, like... It's become Mario Kart at that point. Well, not <laughs> only that, but I'm just like, like, people love the racing aspect of uh, oh, yeah. Grand Theft Auto so much. It's like, what could Rockstar do with a new console generation and only focusing on racing? Imagine all the stuff that they could do with that mm -hmm. team. It'd be insane. I do think they could do a lot, and I think whatever they put out would be very impressive. Um, I want to say they kind of have the, they kind of have they're in a similar situation to Steam, where uh, Valve used to uh, create and produce video games. They don't have to anymore <laughs> because they make bank on like because they are basically the only place to get games. Uh, yeah. There's I think Origin and then. Uh, I can't think of. Uh, I know. I know. There's more out there. I know that people, for the most part, only use Origin because there's some exclusives on there. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there's or I know there's a there's a third semi main one out there yeah. too that I can't put my finger can't on think right of it now. Off the top of my head. Um, I think it's either like a EA or Activision related one. Well, because um, Origins oh, EA. Yeah, I was about to say Origin is EA. Um, it might be Activision, uh, like Blizzard maybe or Ubisoft. Might be. Yeah, uh, we're, we're getting off track. <laughs> um, but uh, to the point where um, they have in in Grand Theft Auto they have literally the most successful enter entertainment product of all time like it's still in the top 10 i believe uh for um what's the for streaming for twitch no no for for purchases for oh sales. wow like and that's a much more impressive number yeah because it like uh it came out in what 2013 that sounds about right so it's up there with like Minecraft in terms of mm -hmm. like because those two games are basically in the top ten for uh, I can't think of the name of the company that does uh, analytics for for sales. Why can't I think of the name? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, when did come out? But but yeah, like it's it's up there. I'm not sure if it still is, but up until a little while ago, it was you know, still in the top right. top 10 of the Which is impressive because you're right. It came out on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 on September 17th of 2013 and was released um, just over a year later on the next-gen consoles on November 18th, 2014. Yeah. So it's crazy to believe that it took them, that it's been out that long and how popular it is. Like, and Minecraft is the only other comparable example of a game that's yeah. been out that long and it's still that relevant. You know, are, are they still selling at full price, too? Uh, I, no. I mean, no, I don't think I, any I think is. they have pretty good sales on them, but the thing is, when, you're, when, you're, when your game is selling really well, you don't have to drop the price. People are still going to buy it. Well, because another thing that Rockstar is really good with is that is really helping the longevity of a game. Mm -hmm. They're still producing. Mm -hmm. The reason why it's still relevant is because they're still producing DLC and new for, features. For the online yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and the online really changed the game for them. Right, and and that's why I'm scared that they won't ever come back to Midnight Club because Red Red Dead Redemption offers something completely different for them. Mm -hmm. Totally different gameplay. Totally different ob objects to work with. Um, Midnight Club uh, is arguably fairly similar to. Um, to Grand Theft Auto, to yeah, to like that right. half of it, yeah. And I'm willing to bet there's a lot, a lot of people who could care less about Midnight Club. It would much rather see them because they work, um, pretty much like Bethesda, mm -hmm. one game at a time, yeah. and just really focus on like really making that game good. Um, mm -hmm. And pretty much radio silent. Uh, yeah, for for a good like, portion of it. People like forget. Remember Fallout Four mm -hmm. when they announced at E3 at their first uh their first E3 conference. They're like, oh yeah, and you can get this game in like three months. I think it was. It was insane. Yeah. Like, and it's and it's one of the like, Fallout and probably like, uh, I th there, there's just like a handful of companies that are able to do that and not have it like horribly blow up in their face. Uh, Rockstar would be one of them. If they yeah. wanted to, they could just be like, yeah, it's out tomorrow. Have fun, nerds. Yeah, like <laughs> they they can do that kind of crap. They're just they're one of the best game companies out there, and I don't think they. Like, people, it's, like, weird how people don't really, like, some sometimes the the brand itself, like, so, for instance, Naughty Dog gets a lot of recognition. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think people give Rockstar, the company, as much love as they do the games themselves, if that makes right. any sense. Yeah. Um, granted, Naughty Dog does a lot of innovations that's just, my, I think Naughty Dog is still the number one 
game company that has the most movie-like quality graphics. Right. It's yeah. like every time everybody's catching up to them and is even on par, mm -hmm. they come out with their next game and you're just like, it is so impeccably good because not only just with the visuals but with the animations. Mm -hmm. Like Uncharted is like Indiana Jones and yeah. you see it play out and it's like, this is like a <laughs> blockbuster movie and you can barely, and it's Pretty got, much. they've gotten really good with seamless transitions from cutscenes to gameplay and yeah. just not noticeable differences. It's amazing. I can't I can't think of how many times where I've been in a cutscene and then you get out of it and you're just like, oh wait, I have to move. This is, <laughs> there, I have places to be. There was a there was a game that came out. It was a PlayStation exclusive. I think it was like the Order eighteen oh, yeah. something like 1886, that. Yeah. yeah, and that was one of their their main things is that they said that everything is literally seamless. They don't really have cutscenes. Mm -hmm. They have stuff that uses the same graphics, but it looks like a cutscene because all their graphics are good. Basically, they they brought down their cutscenes and they put more focus on the gameplay graphics to match that up, so it's exactly the same. But people mm -hmm. actually complained that there that you there was so many times where you couldn't tell when you were switching to gameplay. So yeah. so many times they'd just be standing there and then they're getting hit like, oh no more cutscene. Oh, oh okay, yeah. So it's almost become a problem now, ironically. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the other complaints that they had was that they spent so much time making sure that the game looked perfect and that they didn't really make much of a game to, to yeah, play. Yeah, I heard there was some disappointing things about that game, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, kind of closing up here, um, I really, really love Midnight Club. You can still buy, you know that it's a good game, because Midnight Club LA um, is still a game you can find in almost every Walmart. They're mm -hmm. still actively selling that, because it's one of uh -huh. the best games for that generation. Like, one of the best selling, um, Easily, I, it's got to be the top in the top three for racing games. Okay. It has to be because I know Gran Turismo's up there, especially because it's exclusive. Same thing with Forza, also exclusive. Yeah. But beyond that, to you, in terms of quality, it, it might beat it out. But in terms of like broad appeal, do you think it even? Uh, do Do you think it beats out Need for Speed? <laughs> I think it, yes. I think it does now. Okay. If we were talking PlayStation 2 era, yeah. no. Uh, PlayStation 2 was really the high point for Need for Speed because you had Hot Pursuit 2, which is one of my personal all-time favorites for any racing game. And for a lot um, of people, too. Yeah, then you had, um, was it Carbon? Need for Speed Carbon? A yeah. lot of people like that one, too. Okay. Um, and I think there there was an, uh, Need for Speed Underground. Mm. A lot of people like that the, one, too. I think the second one. Actually, yeah. Um, the second one did have a lot of uh, the open-world aspect that... Uh, yeah. That you were talking about, but I think uh, honestly, I wasn't paying that much attention to yeah. to, to markets at the time. But uh, <laughs> I I would imagine that they liked it pretty well. I I know I think, a lot. I, think, I know a lot of my friends owned it, so that was a good sign. Yeah. You know, even the people who weren't like racing game. Yeah. I, I was a big fan of the the second Underground. Yeah, um, a lot of people. That was a go to one for the PlayStation. I just think that because Need for Speed really expanded on what types of racing games they were trying out, mm -hmm. um, and they really just hit a, a lot of good points. And the problem with Need for, Need for Speed now is that they're not trying anything new, and they're failing at the old standards mm -hmm. at yeah. the same time. For instance, I was so excited that they were um, putting out a new. Hot Pursuit game for the PlayStation 3 console mm. era because um, there's so much that they could do with uh, with. If you don't know, Hot uh, Hot for, um, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit was awesome because it involves driving on these very arcade-like tracks, just like you would, but with the added element that you've got police and police choppers chasing mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. um, and then you could also play as the cop oh, yeah. as well. That yeah. was so awesome. So literally, your job was to mess up like. 
the other people racing, and when you have siblings, that's always your favorite oh, thing yeah. to do. It's like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to screw you over so hard. <laughs> so, and that game just did it so right, and then they put out the the PlayStation 3 one, and the first thing that I noticed, which immediately really ticked me off, is that they took out local um, multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? That's like the main thing I used it for, and now I can't. I was so, and it wasn't even like, it wasn't. It didn't have that same vibe. Like it was mm-hmm. still the same "quote unquote" game, but yeah, it just same mechanics. But it didn't feel the same. Yeah, and I was so so disappointed. And I feel like ever since then, Need for Speed has just been trying to catch up. They had one that looked promising, um, and I can't remember the name of it. But it had it was the one where it mixed in real acting with. Was that Rivals? I think it was Rivals. Yeah. Where you were like trying to bring together like a crew of different people that had different specialties, and you had like people on your team and yeah. you picked a loadout of mm. characters for different reasons. So, so, I don't it was, know, I, I never ended up playing it. It was uh, um, definitely the the most fresh thing that they've tried in a long time, and I think still to this day. However, it was still only mediocre. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't horrible, yeah. but it, was, it wasn't anything revolutionary. Like, sure. obviously, no one's talking about it today, so clearly it didn't make... And as far <laughs> as I know, there's not a Rivals 2, so... Yeah. So yeah, um, and I just think a lot of racing games nowadays just really just don't hold up the standards. Even okay. the good ones like Forza and Gran Turismo are really falling short of what they used to be, which is insane to me because they have so much to use. Because um, one of the big things about racing games is that you will always see a big name racing game come out at launch with the console because it's mm-hmm. one of the defining genres of performance and graphics. Right. And it's like a showcase game that exactly. they can kind of point to and say, hey, look what our console can do. <laughs> exactly. So now that we have so much of that, it's crazy to me to think that we we now have worse racing games in comparison mm-hmm. to what they have available. Sure. Like, it's just... It's all behind my GTA Five. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know, right? Because guess what? Out of the racing games that people love, I guarantee you, GTA is up there as one of the favorite racing oh, yeah. games. It's not even a racing game. Like... Mm-hmm. And that's why I really want to see Midnight Club come back because I feel like they would actually do it right because they mm-hmm. know what they're doing. And even though they haven't made one, they still kind of have been still toying with that with yeah. Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto. So, yeah. so yeah. That's all I have for that. <laughs> um, personal favorite to bring back. I doubt it'll ever happen because it's just I think it's just too similar to Grand Theft Auto. But oh, I yeah. would be fanboying so hard if they ever decide to do that. Maybe in like five years. We won't even know what the, <laughs> their they, next project. They GTA Six. Yeah. <laughs> we won't even know what their next project is till pro- probably like six months after Red Dead comes out. Yeah, like, that's just how they work. You just there's or, a while where they're even longer. Couple, yeah, a couple of years. We didn't know. That's right. Because how long how long ago did we know until they were making Red Dead? Red Dead too. Uh, I think it was in the last year or so yeah like, so that's... I, I remember there being like a whole hullabaloo on twitter of they released no they changed their twitter icon oh to like, uh, i don't think they even changed the logo they just changed the color of it to a red background instead of a yellow one and people lost their mind <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so yeah so that's crazy like two years after that after gta5 came out mm-hmm. was when we knew what they were working on next yeah but then again once we knew we were working on it wasn't too far out to when i think we're getting it september september I but we so. haven't really seen anything for it yeah i think they're starting to roll stuff out now i think we've gotten uh we got like a, a decent like a full-length trailer i believe um and then uh some uh you know uh games media have gotten access and, and played around in it mm. uh, a little bit. Um, so E3 will be a big deal because they'll really be showing it off. Yeah. Here's, here's hoping. <laughs> I know, right? 
All right, what do you got for us, Spencer? So, uh, I wanted to talk. Are you gonna flip it for me? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk more about. Uh, I've seen a lot of. I don't know how into cosplay you are, or if you like see anything online about it. I know. Uh, I follow cosplayers, but I am uh, not. Do you, follow... you do not partake in the <laughs> in the festivities. characters. Uh, yeah. The question yeah. is: Do you follow strictly cosplay? Uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. important. Yeah. Uh, so, cosplay is Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a lot of things I've seen is combining cosplays from different games or shows together. Uh, I know you're not too familiar with Ruby, but you're familiar with uh, Borderlands mm. and Overwatch. Sure. People have been combining characters from those games with Ruby okay. and uh, combining their weapons and their style of character, which has sure. been really neat. Mm. So uh, uh, there's this uh, animator that uh, he used the same pro. I don't know what program does uh, the Ruby animators use. Um, I'm trying to remember. The one that they used to use was. I think that's the one he was using. The one that they used to yeah, use. Yeah, because it does look very. The fan made videos that you're referring to look very similar to the OG Ruby style. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to. It's a one word name, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. I remember uh, reading it comments somewhere. Uh, right. But I, I can't recall it. I should. I should have had notes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the. I think over the last four years every year he's made a video where he's created and animated his own original ruby character okay. and their own original weapon and their own original semblance and um i've seen other people do it just not as well as he has sure so um uh there's been a lot of people like i've seen a lot more dnd people's original dnd characters where they take that and they turn it into a cosplay and um from uh, the D and D group that got big. I don't know what that's called because I don't <laughs> critical role. Yeah, I, mean, I get a lot of flack for that. Uh, but <laughs> Specifically from Gordon, you'll find out why. Oh soon. yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, we'll educate you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's been a lot of cosplays that I didn't even know about. Like, oh, that's from that. That's cool. So um, I, I've wanted to create my own Ruby character, Ruby semblance, and. There are so many cosplayable characters from Ruby. Like you've only seen like part of the first season. First season, yeah. I think they're I cause I, uh, I made a list at one point. I think they're getting close to a hundred unique characters now. Really? Wow. Yeah. They That's love nuts. They love pumping out <laughs> unique characters. And what's really cool and what's yeah, what makes Ruby so cool is that they're really defined. So they usually have their own color schemes. Mm -hmm. This yeah. show is big on color. Sure. They all have these super unique weapons which almost every single single one of them transforms into a gun or at least yeah. some other weapons. A different so kind of weapon, yeah. Every weapon is a different weapon. Um, and um, they're just, they do a really good job of selling individuality for all these characters. Oh, yeah. Like, I was thinking to myself before the podcast, I was like, if I'm doing this, I should probably think of my own character, my own someone's weapon to bring up as an example. I'm like, huh, that's been taken? That's been taken? Yeah. <laughs> well, a big one was when they came out with season three, they had, a, like, a tournament uh, thing going oh, yeah. on. Okay. So, and they had teams of four, and so all of a sudden, in just one season, you just tripled the amount of characters yeah. that were out there with <laughs> unique semblances, unique weapons, and just designs in general, and they were all really unique and awesome oh, yeah. to see. Um, and then you saw it in combat, too, so mm -hmm. just like... Everybody's, like, individual fighting... Like, everybody has an individual fighting style, too, which yep. is even... 
Which makes awesome. it that much really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm curious about the show. Is Semblance like a specific thing in the show? Think of like X-Men. It's almost like X-Men where each like person... Like a mutant power. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mutant okay. power. All right, cool. It's kind of like that. All but right. that being said, you don't necessarily know what that is right off the bat. Mm -hmm. okay. So, for instance, um, have you watched My Hero Academia? I uh, started that too. Did oh, with far. the quirks, they don't always have it available to them right away. They oh, either don't, okay. they, either they don't know what it is, or they haven't like. Sometimes it doesn't activate till later in life. Sure. It's similar to that, where sometimes it takes a certain situation, mm -hmm. or it just they just don't know how to use it because they don't know it exists. So it's not. It's something that comes natural to them, but they can't necessarily just be like, okay, what's my semblance? Oh, cool. I have fireball hands. You know. <laughs> it takes them a while to tap into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. unlike mutants, it's not like that where they just instantly know what it is. So yeah. like the main four characters, Ruby has speed. Mm -hmm. uh, Yang has. Uh, she takes damage, and she can. She gets more powerful after she's taken damage. She okay. can deal the damage back. And it's just Black Panther. <laughs> 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 Weiss has, she kind of has two, it's one semblance, but she has two different things. They're called glyphs, okay. which they have, there's different kinds, like some there's like platforms. You can make like a platform you can walk across, mm. and uh, it kind of defies gravity too. So you can put them on yeah, walls, like and Strange. you can walk up the walls, mm. and, uh, but she can also summon, which is something, because her, hers is unique, because hers is hereditary. Okay. So everybody in her family has the same kind of thing. Gotcha. And she can summon foes that she has, um, previously beat in combat. Huh. So that's a cool thing. That's nifty. And then uh, Blake leaves behind um, copies of herself to like basically take blows. All right. And she can combine that with... Uh, it's kind of like... Because there's magic and then there's dust. Mm -hmm. Dust is like the elements in Ruby. And she can combine that with, that with say, a fire dust to make a flame version, combine with ice and make a hard, frozen copy of herself. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the semblances are more like quirks than they are mutants yeah. because mutants is like mutation, so it's usually mm -hmm. physical attributes, mm -hmm. whereas the semblances are more like auras or like superpowers. Yeah. Okay. So it yeah. is definitely more resembling to uh, quirks or most quirks. So like an innate magical ability. Yeah. Basically, like one yeah. character's is uh, bad luck. That's, that's his yeah, like, semblance. Because <laughs> they don't, just like quirks, they're not always great. Sometimes yeah. they're just like, you can levitate a spoon. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ren's, uh, the one backstory of Ren, he's one of the secondary team's mm -hmm. uh, main characters. But his semblance is to block out emotion. Interesting. And it's important in the show because the Grimm, the, basically the monsters in that show... Mm -hmm. uh, the main, they, like, horde kind of... Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, they are drawn to negative emotion. So he's able to block out that negative emotion so they don't... So basically, they can sniff the negative emotion and find you. So if you're hiding... Yeah. You can he hides the emotion that they can uh, they can track. Fair enough. Gotta have them good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about a good vibration. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking I was trying to think of like a, first a semblance because every character is almost based off of their semblance. Their weapons are based to basically enhance their semblance. Mm -hmm. There's one character whose semblance is to mimic things. Okay. So the weapon she has because they build their own weapons, which is even. It's even cooler. Yeah. Uh, and her weapon is basically a mimic of other people's weapons. So they go hand in hand. So that's that's a really, really cool uh, uh, semblance. So I was trying to think of one that wasn't taken yet. And one that I thought would be really cool to see actually in Ruby would be like an iron skin kind of thing. Okay. Where you can turn your skin. Like, I'm pretty sure there's an excellent character. You can there is. Um... And it's not iron. It's just like oh, uh, like just like generic metal. It looks <laughs> like aluminum, but it's not aluminum because it's super strong. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember uh, what his name is, 
But um, it's not Colossus, is it? No, it's not because he's no, he's always yeah. metal. Yeah, but yeah. there's there's one I forget. It was I think it was X Men Two. Yeah, X Men Two. You yeah. see him just at a brief in the school where he's yeah. projecting some of the kids, and you just see him like, whoosh, and then he's just. Yeah. I think that is Colossus. Is it? Yeah. So so like. I thought uh, it was always metal though. Well, in in Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, he is always metal. <laughs> Uh, but in X Men uh, Two, I think he, I think that is supposed to be him. Okay. Okay. Because I want to say it's the same character that in X Men Three uh, <laughs> helps, uh, like they're in the simulation or whatever, and then uh, he does the fastball special with Wolverine. Oh yeah. <laughs> I it's been a while since I've seen X Three, yeah, so it's, I've, it's I've been, kind of bored of that. Yeah. Uh, has not been long enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has not been long enough. <laughs> we have Days of Future Past now, so. Yeah. So the reason why I think the Iron Skin would be a really cool thing is they, they do a really good job choreographing all the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one character I especially like, Sun Wukong, who has a bow staff. Okay. And the, it's a bow staff that collapses into two pairs of nunchucks oh, right. that are also pistols. So they're like pistol <laughs> nunchucks. So he's going around with his bow staff, yeah. and it breaks up, and he's doing the nunchuck thing. But every so often, he holds it, shoots, and keeps spinning the nunchucks oh, while right. he's hitting. And it's like... This is so awesome. This is the coolest thing yeah. ever. Ruby has some of the most diverse fighting scenes because they have so many yeah. assets to use to make it so it's like you don't you're not just um, conform to just normal punching and shooting oh, guns, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I think to this day it's still my favorite fight scenes. It's true. Some really really cool stuff. At least like the one on one fight scenes because there's some group fight scenes. Yeah, really when the group cool. fights it gets a little bit harder to control, with the exception of maybe the tournament ones because I think they took yeah. because it was the focus point. Like we are having a tournament. The fight, the fighting is the point of this episode. Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of time really doing those for groups. Um, but yeah, I get what you mean. Where sometimes by that groups they can't focus on it as much because there's way more characters to deal with. Yeah. Um, they have um, a character, Violet, which is really cool, where she has this camera where she can take pictures of weapons. It's not and Violet. It's, it's not Velvet. Violet. Velvet, You're sorry. You're going to get fired. My bad. My bad. I get them mixed up all the time. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who has a mimic. Uh, yeah, so she has a camera, okay. and she can take pictures of other people's weapons, and mm-hmm. it, like, stores them. Okay. And then for um, for one action, she can choose to use all those weapons and so, like, it's, like, one-time use. And okay. then she has to reload the camera with weapons. Oh. But then she can use all those weapons that she's got stored up from taking those photos. Can she use them one at a time, or does she just, like... Oh, yeah, one at a time, okay, yeah. Right. yeah. She can, like, think of it as almost like you're playing a video game, and, like, in GTA, where you pull up your your spinning wheel of weapon weapons. Wheel, it's yeah. like that, basically. Just like, all right, psych, all right, here I'm we gonna go. i this, and then when I run out, I'm going to use this. And then <laughs> I'm going to keep going through yep. this. So that makes up for some really cool, unique scenes as well. Um, yeah, just incredibly diverse. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, you talked about your semblance, but what would you have as a weapon? Uh, so, the weapon, uh, also, so many weapons are taken. Like, maces are taken, bow staffs are taken, nunchucks are taken. The same weapon, of course. Yeah. So there's two pairs of nunchucks in the whole Because with every character, they've used up two weapons. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it sometimes, runs out really sometimes quick. Sometimes a third weapon. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> sometimes like, a third weapon. Swords, bows, all has been taken, but you have, there's no lances in it. There's also, I don't think there's anybody who actually, like, rides a horse in that either. I was going to say, that could be a part of your uh, your semblance, uh, would be summoning a, a mount, right? Yeah, or just turn to a centaur. Right. <laughs> just turn yeah, to a centaur. That, that but uh, like, there's also... That'd uh, be one heck of a faunus. <laughs> yeah, so, so there are faunus in the shell, which is basically half... They, they no, have, they're not half. They're no, not they half. Have... They're, they're humans, but they have one animal trait. Oh, okay. So... Yeah. So they can be as small as cat ears to as big as I think some even have gills. They just have fins, but I'm not sure if any have. Yeah, gills. well, you saw in one scene where they can breathe underwater, so it's yeah. like 
implied that it comes yeah, with the somehow like night. Well, I think all yeah, all of them have good night vision. There's, there's a there's a girl who's a chameleon. Yeah, and that's super useful. So, <laughs> but none of them are full on uh, half. No, yeah, like no centaurs. Like centaurs okay. would be faunus, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's literally Actually, like pretty cool to see someone on horseback fighting. That would be cool, especially it's, since that there's that horseback grim. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a grim who looks like uh, a centaur basically. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but grim are mainly uh, animals, so they're yeah. like they're, they're like animal based. They kind of like yeah, bl like a black base of the animal with a. Almost like zombie-like traits, but yeah, not... Yeah, they have, an, like, an outward skeleton, and they have, like, these... Uh, I don't even know, like, what it would be made out of. Like, like the scale kind of thing, where it's, like, protruding, like, spikes almost. Like bone. Yeah, like, like kind of, so like, like, broken ex bone. external bones? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're basically, like, um, like rabid creatures mm -hmm. on, like, extreme mutations, sure. for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, um... But yeah, for the most part, Faunus, they literally just have one animal trait, and most of them aren't necessarily useful. They're just, that's just what they are. They've been like, they're basically mutants, <laughs> yep. you know? Yeah. Um, so mo most of the weapons have the weapon form, like the like hand-to-hand -hand combat form, and they also mm -hmm. have the gun form. The, but there are some weapons that have three, I think there are even some of four different modes. Like there's one character, Neptune, who has a, he's a, like a plasma gun kind of thing. That turns into a spear and a trident. Okay. Um, there's uh, this pier who's because it's cool because all of them are based on like uh, Greek mythology. So you have right. Neptune based off Neptune. You have Pier based based off of Achilles. Mm -hmm. And um, so she has a what kind of gun is it? It's not really a shotgun. It's more like for a, who? For Pira. For Pira? It's it's like a it's like a it's the rifle. It's a rifle that has like the handguard thing where you like. Uh, reload. Oh, like a Winchester. Like a yeah. Winchester. Kind of okay. Yeah. Right. So she like, doesn't use her gun that much. She she's, doesn't really use because she's much. she's literally like a gladiator, so she's very much with yeah. the sword primarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, she has the uh, j the javelin. It turns into javelin and it turns into like a spear kind of thing, which is okay. which she's because she has a shield too. She's sure. kind of com combos that. But uh, I'd have the lance, so it'd be a weird shaped lance because it'd be skinny on the tip of it, mm -hmm. and it would it would uh, gradually go into a, a much bigger end okay. and then flat out. Um, so it would work as a lance, but then it would it would hinge at that narrow part, and it would be flat on the top like that, okay. and that would be in an axe shape. Okay. So you'd have the bigger, heavier piece on the top, and that skinny piece goes to the back, kind of more like an axe and piece for the axe. Sure. And then you have like the barrel of a gun hidden inside the handle that is now exposed when that part hinges over. Gotcha. So I think that'd be really cool. Also, if you had the handle extend, because you have like a shorter lance, you could use like a sword. You could actually like swing as a sword, so right. just like go stab stab. Um, so you have multiple aid functions. Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing with the axe. You want like a, like a just quick one-handed axe thing, or if you want to have a longer handle and have a two-handed heavier like swing. I think that I think that they would pair really well if you had like the iron skin. You turn your arm into like this this shield basically, mm. where someone swings at you, you just put your arm up, you block it, and you either use the lance part or use the axe part, and you put it in your attack. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and I think it'd be really cool for fight scenes because I, w I can imagine the limitations that that would be. You can only have that for so long before it wears out, and you need to like rest and let it recharge. Mm. So. The f it, you'd have to be skilled in where to use it and when. Mm. So you keep it like n no iron skin. Something swings you. You do it for a second, then you swing. Something goes to your head. You turn your head into an iron. Something you turn your legs into iron, and you kind of like something's like say you're fighting a faster person mm. who's going on all sides. You just turn different parts iron. 
Uh, or if you, it's like a blast, you turn your whole body to iron and you can like be a wall and protect your teammates. I think that'd be a really cool uh, attribute hmm. for a character. And uh, I was just thinking, it's like, what would I have? I think, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm. I would like to have um, like a spider sense, space sense, basically. Okay. Basically, be that person on a team where we're traveling group, and because it's not just for me, mm-hmm. I can alert the rest of my group. So it would really help with like ambushes and stuff like that, sure. which would solve oh, yeah. a lot of problems that in some of the encounters. Like, <laughs> I was just trying to like, they oh, get be ambushed useful. a whole bunch. Uh, it, they that that definitely happens a good amount of times. Mm-hmm. Um, surprise attack, you know. Um, so I feel like Spidey Sense would be really awesome to have, and mm. I feel like it would actually fit well mm-hmm. with that kind of because it is kind of more of a, like yeah. a magical thing. You know, they make it uh, like a more genetic thing with spiders, but sp- spiders don't necessarily have. Like, that's what you said. I was, I was like, when I was thinking of the different semblances, that actually came up, but it was kind of different from that. It was almost like seeing like a half second or a second into the future kind of thing. Hmm. And I feel like that'd be almost overpowered hmm. in some cases. Because yeah. you'd be like... But just like, so let's say, <coughs> let's cap it at two seconds. What could you what could you do with two if, seconds? If you're fighting one-on-one with somebody, you basically know where their weapon's going to end up. So you, you can... You can predetermine where to block and where their open spots are to attack. In a group setting or in a surprise attack, it's going to be harder to deal with. Uh, but one-on-one, it's going to be very overpowered. In a, in a surprise attack, you have that two seconds mm-hmm. to warn people that you know that they're... But it might not be enough. Because if you have three teammates to protect, you got two seconds basically to warn people you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. What do you think you uh, you would have for us? Yeah, not knowing any of the assemblances. Not sure. any true. of the assemblances. Um, Let's see if you can pick one that hasn't been picked already. <laughs> are, are there characters that can phase through matter or have matter phase through them? Because um, you're talking about your own self. So almost yeah, like transporting to, yourself just temporarily through an object. Well, not temporarily. Or, but or, like, or just like making it so that anything that... Making it so that you can pass through objects or objects can pass through you mm-hmm. uh, at will. Hmm. There are no characters who can do that right now. There are characters who can like project. Right, they can have project see. versions of themselves that do that. Yeah, okay. but and they can leave behind that. There's one person who who can make two copies of themselves, and they are basically weaker versions of themselves. Sure. But is they, there anyone? But I, 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 I think it's kept three people. But is there anyone who can teleport? Uh, I think the closest thing you're gonna get is Ruby, where she basically moves that fast, where it's almost teleporting. But you can't. Right. She can't. But yeah, she can't go through an yeah, object. She, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't think anyone else can do that. But for Ruby, she has like flash like speed. Okay. So yeah. yeah. I wonder if she could rewind time. Please <laughs> 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 no. Just kills her end. Um Yeah, so yeah, I don't think actually anyone does have that. Okay. So Yeah, I might go with that. Well well played. <laughs> so what kind of weapon? Like any kind of yeah. fantasy weapon. Uh, like you could bring like D and D into it too. Like any kind of fantasy weapon. It's you can true. combine weapons together and make it a gun. <laughs> Fair enough. Um <laughs> Does anyone have a flail? There is one, there is one person who has a mace, okay. and the mace part comes off, and it and is a flail. Okay. But it's not a very main character. You don't see it Fair too enough. much. Might do. <clears throat> I think that might work. Um, oh, that's good. That's a good question. It, it's it is difficult not knowing uh, any, any of the characters or very few of the characters anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Flail might be cool. Well, here's the question. Mm-hmm. How do you make it a gun? Because <laughs> uh, almost every single weapon in that show doubles as a gun. Um, I would say... <laughs> um, probably 
you know, put second hand on the handle, pull it all the way down to the Ooh. chain, wrap it around your hand, and then use the, the end yeah. of the handle for it. Now, I think of course, the semblance you mentioned is phasing through items. Mm -hmm. So combine that with your character's weapon. If you had a crazy, like, long chain on a mace kind of thing, yeah. and you're swinging around, you could have it phase through yourself. Yes. So that would be really cool. Ooh, so you can be like spinning it really fast, having a face for yourself, and basically making a force force field around yourself. Essentially. But, yeah, so I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I dig it. I was thinking, as far as gun-related things that I have, haven't done yet, I don't think anybody's had a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> that'd yeah. be kind of cool to have. Yeah. So I got I the green. really had explosives either, but also with explosives, if you had a mace, if you had like little like nubbles or spikes on your mace, mm. It sticks into a wall, yeah. comes out, and there's a, like a small grenade in that. Yeah. Obviously, you're swimming around, sticks in, you pull it out, and explodes. That'd be really cool. That'd be a really destructive, almost that's, like that's, berserker that kind of character. Cool, yeah. <laughs> if I had, if I had uh, like a like an RPG, I'm trying to think of because that's the gun portion. Yeah, how do you make? Well, it? it would be the other stuff. <laughs> like probably like a great sword. A great sword, or I was thinking like a big hammer. It's got to be um, a really heavy weapon. Uh, yeah, it, it must be think of uh, Professor Port's weapons. So, so Professor Port has an older kind of uh, like a hunting rifle. It's like a huntsman kind of thing. And it's got sure. like the almost like trumpet like oh, okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, a really old school like a blunderbuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it doubles as an axe. So okay. he has a part that goes into his shoulder, and then the axe goes like over and under his it's arm double -sided and axe. over like that. Gotcha, so he can gotcha. just fires a gun and then take it from almost the barrel which kind of doesn't seem very good because that barrel's going to heat up after firing <laughs> yeah. a shot there's some problems with that design <laughs> but um yeah i probably unless if it could um what if it would be really cool if you had this big weapon where you swing it and the rocket shoots out in the direction you swing well i was just trying to think because you were mentioning it being related to the semblance i'm trying to think how would that work with like spray sense? <laughs> I think that, that doesn't go very well because yeah, you have yeah, some spray sense with quick reactions, and you get this big massive weapon that you're not going to be able to pull out in two seconds. What would make it faster? <laughs> I think it'd be really cool to have maybe uh, little, like little heat guided missile, like little heat guided uh, rockets or something. Um, that way, you could send off a bunch of them in a general direction where you know there's going to be danger. Oh, what if it was like, what if it was like a thing? That came up almost like um, not Iron Man, the guy with um, War Machine. War Machine. Yeah. Oh, he's got like the rocket launchers on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We've had something like that that came up, and then um, it could even like double. Almost like it, a utility oh. backpack. Just yeah. Kind of, like, pull it different so, ways. No, no. Something. So it would it would do that, and then it would also act as like a big shield, so it could like double over, fold in front of me. So like, mm -hmm. for instance, there's an ambush coming, right? I like face my enemy activate my shield they're not blocked and now i have a chance to strike it almost sounds like you turn yourself into a turret at that point which would be really cool oh yeah over you you have like the glass like that bulletproof glass kind of thing yeah you have guns that come out the side and like hook up to the side that'd be really cool i love this i like this <laughs> <laughs> just the turret. have like something that comes like a seat that comes out from the back from the bottom <laughs> so and you like sit down and like, <laughs> like uh, can i have a cup holder <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want with it. I need cup holders, dang it. I'm going to have a chair and needs to have no, a goddamn cup what holder. It needs to do, what it needs to do is have the option of just being a cup holder, too. So you're just like a backpack thing and just like a cup holder. And just yeah, yeah. It's like that's the only part you see. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> the cup holder. 
It needs to be like, like the most pitiful thing, like, like kind of like shaking and coming out, and it almost falls <laughs> yeah, like, off. Yeah, like almost falls apart. Has like eight different joints, and they're all kind of warped. I had to have a cup holder. <laughs> or like, what if it was like like a layered thing where you have to pull out a section, but you have to do it like eight times? It's like, <laughs> oh, what, what if those are those droids in Star Wars? The ones that have the shields and they they roll. Uh, the oh, droidicas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it'd be kind of like that. Yeah. That'd be really cool too. You have that; it goes all the way around you, so you can roll. Mm. And then the guns shoot through the the yeah. plasma shield. Right Useful feature. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like I like I like my cup holders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You need four. You need one for each of your teammates. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I need one for each. You gotta teammate. help a brother out. <laughs> can I get like? Can I make a trip to Seven Up, and we all get slushies in our like our colors? You know. <laughs> Oh man! So like it cuts to so see like at a Starbucks <laughs> after a fight scene. You're just like, <laughs> Instead of shawarma, we all go to Starbucks. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what would, so like if we were all on a team, then what would what would our team name be? Oh gosh, names are the worst to think of true. on the spot. Um, Normally it's four people, but there's only three people on our team. Yeah. Um. What are what are the other team I, names? Or, or so they sound like you, you got of. like for instance the main ones Ruby, but it's spelled R W B Y. Yeah, sure. and so then Ruby they Wise have like Yang. Yeah, then they have like so they do a lot of abbreviation that sounds like the words but isn't. So they have mm -hmm. like coffee that's like C F V Y. Mm -hmm. okay. So they do a lot of cheating in that. And then kind they of have they have Team Sun, which is S S S N. <laughs> <laughs> so wait wait so if we're gonna make a team name, we have to think of our own names. Yeah. So, uh, I really like V names. I'd probably go for like a Virian or a Volter kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I think, I think that'd be a good, like, cause my character's almost like a knight. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, I think a, like a more kind of royal name would kind of fit my character. So let's just go with Volter. So I just have like a V name. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I still feel like I'm at a disadvantage here. Uh, not, not kind of having a... Roll with disadvantage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I mean, because most of the characters are based off of uh, Greek mythology. Greek mythology? Okay. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think Walter's anything like Greek, so true. I don't think it really matters. Yeah. Uh, Actually, let me look up that uh, fan-made one, because their team name acronym is uh, Silver, like Team Silver. I feel like so mine would actually be something kind of lame, since I'm just like the big turret. I'd be like, It'd be like B Bob or something. I was, I was thinking I'd be Bruce. That sounds like that sounds like a strong man. Sounds, sounds, sounds like a thing. Bruce. So we have what's your name? Uh, Walter. So we we have Walter, and then there's Bruce. <laughs> he's um, he's got cup holders. <laughs> so I mean, could one guy's name is Lennon. L i n e n. Are, are uh, there is there a uh, a ruby Meridian. character that has like a kind of fiendish, like a one of the you know good aligned characters, let's say. Uh, that has a fiendish kind of aspect to them. A fiendish, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of there's uh, a lot of there's the eccentric eccentric villain um, Torchwick, Roman Torchwick, okay. and he's based off of I oh, the character. Um, it's the guy who's got um, the bowler hat, um, and he's got uh, the cane. He's got like the under like eyelash thing going on. Uh, he's like an oak. Oh, the uh, Clockwork Orange guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's based off of that guy. Okay. So it looks pretty similar to him. Yeah. Mm. Then there's um, 
We haven't seen much of Doctor Watts. Doctor Watts is a new villain. You haven't seen his semblance or weapon, but, but he's, he's like he's a, a, he's, a, he's a doctor and he's a very intelligent person, like an engineer. Yeah, yeah but he's a very keeps him, keeps himself kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, I did find my character's name is a. Uh, I have of a game I play on my phone called uh, it's, it's Fire Emblem Heroes. It takes heroes yeah. in different right. Emblem games. So like, there's a lot of different hero names I like on that. It's so, like I pulled Walter from that. But um, let's see. So, if you're looking for, like, a B name, like, there's Barst. Barst is name on here. Barst? That yeah. also sounds pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a, this, well, this character named called Dorcas. Okay. <laughs> Dorcas. <laughs> wow. So you got the short like, end of the stick. You're looking for more, like, uh, a berserker. Like, this one character's name is Arden, and he's, he's okay. a heavier unit. I think that'd be a cool name for you, actually. Arden, Arden. actually sounds like a pretty cool name. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, and yours hard, is hard. There's also a Harden. So there's an Arden and then there's a Harden. Hmm. <laughs> Go with Arden. I think yeah, that, Arden. that would be better. Um, I don't know. Because yours is what? Like, yeah. what kind of type of character is yours again? You're more of a berserker because you have the weapon. Like, you can... I have the the flail, <laughs> but I also like phase through things. Yeah. So you're like um, you're like the sneak attack kind of thing. Yeah. Like glass but, cannon, but, but like yeah, but like a bruiser yeah. sneak. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a weird combination. I'm trying um, to find characters that kind of match the description of the game, but you got you got names like Joshua and Carol. So <laughs> I don't think you want those. No. Um, there's, there's one character. I forget his name. Unless a fewer characters, a hot um, chick. <laughs> Navare. Mm, maybe. I, I've been known to play oh, is, is, uh, is females Nav- in RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Navar. Navar. That sounds like a cool name. Yeah, uh, I can get behind it. Navar. So that means we would have. It'd be N A and V. If we had an I, it could be Vane. <laughs> or just be V-A-N, just be Van. Team Van. <laughs> Team Van. <laughs> so, wait, so we have V-A-N is, is our, so, like... And we drive a bus. <laughs> I've got the cup. No, no, no. My whole thing just trans- tar- transforms into a vehicle. <laughs> That's it. Team Van. Perfect. <laughs> or okay, can someone who starts with a Z and do, like, Vans, like a shoe. <laughs> just multiple just, vans. Everybody wears vans. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Like the shoes. Yeah. We're styling. Team van. <laughs> Classic. Uh, that was good. I think All we're right. on to something, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're on to something. <laughs> Rooster Teeth, listen up, man. <laughs> Got team, some ideas for van. you. <laughs> Next, they're going to be like, but van's not a color. <laughs> yeah, you're team van, and you have team, like, soccer mom. <laughs> <laughs> team soccer mom. <laughs> Oh man, that'd be funny. So we we kind of like hinted at D and D a few times in this, which goes into what you're talking about. It does uh, so? I'm going to be talking about Critical Role. So uh, <laughs> we'll put this here. Uh, so let me learn you something. Yes. Uh, Alright. So <laughs> I'm familiar with Critical Role. Yes. I'm. I've watched. I think equal parts of season one and two. I think I'm seven episodes into both. I'm trying okay. to get caught up with campaign two first because mm-hmm. i'm like 10 episodes behind so i'm trying to catch up it's, with that it's a lot easier to do yeah, yeah so once i caught up with that then i'll throw in some uh campaign one episodes in there because there's like 115 115 yeah five uh not including uh one ops and battle royales and uh and all that true which uh i'll be honest i have skipped a number of the one ops uh, from time to time uh but uh critical role is in a nutshell uh, for those of you that don't know, um, <laughs> is a bunch of uh, nerdy-ass voice actors uh, get together and play <laughs> D&D. Um, 
and uh, the Dungeon Master, Matthew Mercer, uh, is a fairly prolific voice actor. Um, he doesn't always get main parts uh, or named mm. characters, but, I mean, they all, you know, uh, do whatever uh, parts they really need to to, to pay the bills. Um, <laughs> but you might, uh, you're familiar with Overwatch, so mm -hmm. he plays McCree uh, oh, yeah, in yeah. Overwatch. Yeah. Um, he also did Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil um, and Krom from Fire Emblem. Oh, yeah. Like and then uh, Levi from Attack on Titan. Oh, wow, yeah. That's cool. Um, and then, of course, you have... No Le big roles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Not all... Like, they have a pretty comprehensive list. Because this is the point that it's a team of voice actors, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and they all, you know, do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, a bunch of video games, a bunch of anime. Uh, Travis uh, Willingham and Laura Bailey, two of the other uh, actors on the show, mm -hmm. um, were both on Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood uh, playing Lust and Roy Mustang, uh, which makes for some pretty interesting recording sessions, <laughs> from, uh, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, you also have uh, Marisha Ray and Sam Regal. Uh, Orion Akaba uh, started off uh, with the group, um, but is not in the second mm -hmm. campaign. I think he... Uh, left like in the after the first third oh. of the first campaign something like that makes uh, them really good into getting into character though yeah no uh they're it's it's very character driven uh you spend a lot of time you spend a lot more time doing character uh moments uh mm -hmm. than you do just kind of dicking around uh, <laughs> though there is plenty of uh D, D shenanigans going on <laughs> always uh, they all have like their own unique voice going um more so especially in the second campaign yeah campaign too they really emphasize that which is great because like especially for jester mm -hmm. she's what kind of accent is that uh i think it's russian russian uh, yeah, yeah. East, Eastern European for sure. Um, and I, it cracks me up all the time because she really plays it's, into that. It's really entertaining. And it's, it's surprisingly genuine, like I buy most of the time. Yeah. It's really funny because it's so drastically different than what she's what she sounds like. And that's the right, exactly. wonder about these guys being voice actors is that they're really good at mm. voice acting. <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, so they'll, they'll come up... Uh, well, so the first campaign, uh, basically, they had their D&D campaign that they were playing at home. Uh, and one of the uh, actors was doing some work with Felicia Day uh, mm -hmm. from Geek and Sundry, and they, Felicia was looking for content creators for the website to kind of grow the brand. Mm. Uh, and she was like, "Do you guys want to stream this?" And they're like, "I don't know. <laughs> Putting stuff on the internet, kind of, <laughs> it's it's kind of a bad time. Like if people don't like it, or it's gonna be, they're gonna be really mean." Uh, <laughs> and, I'm gonna call you know, names. And, and uh, yeah, exactly. You're so rude. Like geek and nerd. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and like, like geek and sundry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so they're they're kind of hesitant at first, and you know they all talked it over and decided. Yeah, because campaign to, one doesn't start from the beginning. Right. It starts when they're about ninth level, um, and they're already pretty far know, in. Right, and they've been meeting uh, kind of intermittently, like they hadn't been meeting regularly. Um, you know, every couple of months or so. So really kept them on the ball. Uh, yeah, so uh, they, they went to like a weekly format um, and, uh, you know, uh, a rousing success. Uh, a huge kind of community uh, grew up around mm -hmm. it, both artwork and now cosplay uh, as a major aspect of it. Um, and wasn't the, it wasn't the only factor, but it definitely was a big factor in making D&D &D more mainstream. Yes. Because it is... It's pretty crazy how D&D &D used to be the quintessential super nerd thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, that's the thing that all the nerdiest of nerds would gather in their mom's basement yeah, to exactly. play. Like, that that was the thing, you know? Um, it was, like, on a separate tier almost. But now, it's um, just like most 
geek culture is becoming rapidly more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just look at in like the movies. Like Marvel is a huge player in the movies, and that's what everyone wants to see in that. You know, right, so you look exactly. at that. Um, and D and D is just coming right up behind all that. Um, Pretty much. from that. So I think like D and D is now where pop culture used to be like mm-hmm. 10 years ago sure so yeah. comic books and all that yeah, yeah it's it's phenomenal and you've got other um you've got like rooster teeth who makes ruby they have their own D and yeah mm-hmm. and it's funny because every company or every group that does it has their own kind of spin so like heroes and halfwits is much more chaotic sure um <laughs> and it, that plays into the people who are doing it mm-hmm. um um, Critical Role is very character driven because yeah. it's made from these voice actors so they're very good at coming up with unique character traits and really displaying that so right. anybody who's not even in the game can really feel that you know right it's it has a very cinematic feel to it which is partially you know because they're all actors they can kind of live in the scene mm-hmm. and kind of let you know everything yeah. play out the way they will and you know they're great at improvising so and Matt the Mercer dialogue is just, seems... like such a good D, uh, DM the, the voices he comes up with and like crazy because yeah he has to do way more voices than anybody else everybody else has to focus on one voice exactly and he and, and has really to do like it, but yeah. he has to do like half a million voices and remember who all the characters are it blows my mind the ones that really just blow my mind is when he does like um like evil dudes who are like raspy mm-hmm. if that makes any sense so yeah. I'm trying to think of a good example of a character um uh Lord of the Rings um um, Sauron, like, okay. yeah, like he doesn't speak much, but when he does, it's in that almost like yeah. echoey, like really dark, yeah, like, like a really deep. Yeah, and he's able to do that so like jarringly, where it really feels like there's like like a different person yeah, in no, the room, and it 100%. really is off-putting. Like some, because uh, in the earlier of campaign one, there mm-hmm. was that like that creepy like hooded dude yeah, that was the, hanging along the illicit uh, Clarota. Yeah, and yeah. he used that voice for that, and it's so. <laughs> Yeah, and just like, oh, you know what it really sounds like? It sounds like um, in Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets, oh, the, the, uh, the voice, like from that'd be like um, that would take him to the tunnel. Yeah, yeah the it does that yes. kind of voice. Yeah, the, the yeah. Tongue kind of. yeah, the pulse of tongue kind of like it's <laughs> so creepy, and it just like and like that's just one part of his talent. But I think that that's one of the most impressive to me because it instantly. It, like sometimes it'll give me chills, you know, because mm-hmm. it's so just like on point, you know. Yeah. It really makes me think that holy crap, there's a different character in this room. You yeah, know? and you you um, you're just watching him, and you completely forget that yeah. you're watching people play D and D a lot of the time. Some of the times it, it gets bogged down a little bit. Like shopping episodes can kind of yeah, you know, they can be entertaining, but uh, it it does they can drag a little bit as well. Um, but the combat is super interesting. Uh, almost 100% of the time because mm-hmm. one of the other things that Matthew Mercer is really good at is designing really interesting combat encounters. Yes. Um, and it's not just a, oh, I move over here and I hit him and then <laughs> I move over here and I hit that guy. It's uh, very immersive and he like mm. explains what's going on in the flow of the battle. And <laughs> It's very immersive. <laughs> Pun of the day, folks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I'm actually, uh, I've watched the entirety of uh, the first season, and I'm impressive. Almost Most impressive. I think I'm like halfway through the last episode. Uh, okay, so you're almost caught up. Yeah, almost caught up. Yeah, because um, these episodes, by the way, are like three to four hours long. Because granted, it is live stream, so it's like yeah. live and streams usually <laughs> run longer. But it's important that you, unlike some videos where if they do a live stream, they'll cut it down to a more edited, down, like yeah. YouTube version. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's all story driven, so mm-hmm. you can't cut out anything. So like literally, there's like 
you had four hours every episode, so a lot of content, a lot of content comes out really quickly for this thing. Yeah, I think um, the uh, the grand total of like in-game time for for campaign one comes up to like three hundred and thirty hours, um, which can be pretty daunting if you're if you're gonna jump in, especially to watch it. But uh, they do <laughs> they do have the the podcast now, uh, yeah. the audio podcast, and they're current with episodes and all that. And you can you can enjoy the like 95% of it with the podcast. Yeah. You're not missing out on much by seeing it in person. Yeah. Uh, you get to appreciate it more maybe, but you're not really retracting much from yeah. listening to the podcast. Ooh. So don't feel like you're missing out on a large portion of it. You know, 100%. I think it's a fantastic po- uh, uh, thing to listen to, especially if you're someone like me who just rinses through podcasts. Yeah. All of a sudden, this one poses yeah. a new challenge with four hours every episode. You're just like, Pretty oh much. man, I can't quite just binge this like I do with every you're, you're other just, podcast. You're just almost never going to run out. Uh, yeah. What, kind of, what kind of platform is this posted to? Uh, so they stream on Twitch. <laughs> okay. Uh, they post videos to YouTube, and then their podcasts are available. I think on everything. Everything, yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe not Spotify, but um, Spotify is a tricky thing because Spotify really isn't a podcast platform. They are working more towards yeah, that. Yeah, they. A few people have managed to get on there as podcasts, but it's not as uh, yeah. friendly. They to are. Them, they so. are. They are currently working on. Um, making it more available to people to put mm-hmm. on podcasts. We currently have an application pending for our podcast, but yeah. um, the the company that I used to distribute podcasts, they recently opened up the option to do that because they reached a deal with Spotify to do that. Yeah. And they got flooded with so many requests that Spotify had to back up and be like, yeah. okay, we actually can't support all yeah. of these podcasts, so we need some time to process what we just did to ourselves. So because, like, like, in terms of content, podcasts take, like, a hundred times more uh, mm-hmm. than, like, an album, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, because everyone and their mother has a podcast, including <laughs> yeah. So uh, yours truly, yours truly, more than the brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So you can find it. Um, so if you're Android, um, Google Play is probably the preferable one. However, mm-hmm. if you're on Android, there's literally a million third-party apps that you can use. Mm-hmm. You can find it on. Much, but yeah. Google Play, you can listen to it free. Uh, on there and the app is free and then if you're on Apple you can listen to it on iTunes or like iTunes being the podcast iTunes app yeah which is also free on there so you don't have to you don't have to pay for an iTunes account you don't have to pay for a Google account yeah though all podcasts are free you can listen to the you can watch the stream free on Twitch as well so there's no pay aspects about this but what I do mm-hmm. like is that also in the streams they do donations uh, towards um, like other causes yeah uh, they have a uh, they have their you know chosen charity uh, a26 la which uh, I believe is um, a foundation that is geared towards uh, promoting uh, literacy and creativity in mm. uh, underprivileged children um, mm. and they'll do like workshops and uh, they've kind of been wrapping D&D into into uh, a few of their locations as well um, and they've been, you know, consistently uh, working with that uh, particular branch uh, since I think the beginning. Um, and then uh, one of the things that people will send them gifts as well, uh, and they'll do like unwrapping uh, videos at the at the end of the yeah. episodes. I think they because they ended up being so long, they ended up uh, making them their own like event video. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wouldn't, you know, tie them down at the end of the podcast. But um, so they call it Christmas um, <laughs> because they're open all these packages. But one of the things that people will often do is uh, they'll make donations in uh, the names of the the actors in the in the game uh, to different uh, charities and you know wildlife 
reserves mm. and uh, all really those sorts cool. of things. Yeah, so it's a it's a really generous uh, community. Uh, yeah, and super supportive. Like, yeah, it's um, really we have basically a new type of fandom coming out of here, and it's really neat. And I think it, um, you kind of have to give credit mostly to Critical Role. Um, they're just the ones that. Um, just hit all the right notes for this and yeah. came out with the winning remedy that now many other people use mm -hmm. to replicate that. Now many companies have that, but Critical Role was really the first one to mm -hmm. do it at the scale that it is yeah. from the beginning, you know. Um, and that's partly due to the fact that um, you can Sundry is a big company and you're dealing with actual voice actors, so you have that to advertise it. So you had a lot of people were able to jump into it and bear with them as they really... Um, got together what really makes a D&D &D podcast or yeah. show. I think it'd be better to call it a show, really. Yeah. I mean, it's it's some of the best television that I've watched in a good while, uh, it's, I think. It's, yeah, it's super it, underrated. Uh, you know, we are seeing um, really limitless what could happen, and it's really cool knowing, especially if you're listening live, that the adventure is unfolding, and it's unexpected. Literally, if, you, if you're not very familiar with D&D, &D, a lot of things are chosen by the roll of dice. Yeah. So, so you could end up anywhere. Yeah, and as the person who plans out the story, a lot of things go to waste, and a lot of things you just aren't prepared for because sometimes just crazy stuff happens. And you have, part of being a good DM is improv, and you really have to expect the unexpected sometimes because yeah. you're dealing with a bunch of people who don't quite think like you do. Right. So... And who, um, who may not uh, may not particularly be interested in going the direction that you <laughs> yeah exactly that you hey, lay look, in front of them <laughs> yeah uh, that's 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 always a thing playing D and D where sometimes your DM is like no you have to do this thing it's like it, they get so close to saying that without saying that yeah. where it's like no you have like there was this one time I was playing with my group and we had to go into this like we we needed to go into this tunnel mm -hmm. to get to this boss yep. to, for a boss fight yeah but. We were all trying to figure out a different way to get to where this thing was without mm -hmm. going down the tunnels because we thought that was a bad idea. Like, why yeah, would you go in tunnels? Naturally. So it's like, you're coming with, like, it's is, like the, is there a back entrance? Like, yeah, it's we, like, no. Nope, we skirt around? There's nothing with this. Like, you should really just, you know, go down the hole. Like, that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> heavily suggesting yeah. actions at that point. And it's kind of funny when that stuff happens. I've, uh, I've kind of fallen into that trap myself uh, as a dungeon master. It's like, <laughs> no, listen, guys. Like, I planned this one thing and I really need you guys to just kind of that <laughs> it's like listen i understand you want to have your fun but like in order to proceed you you kind of have to go through you, got, you gotta go do the thing <laughs> you gotta see the scary monster okay that's how it works yeah um but yeah so uh i've been thoroughly enjoying it um they've had a bunch of uh celebrity uh guests yeah on they were well. on the one that i just uh listened to on episode seven of Season two, they just had a guy from Walking Dead. Yeah, come up. Yeah, yeah, he was on there. He was pretty cool. I like that guy. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, can't remember his name, but no. Uh, no. Sorry, guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're not that important, I guess. And then, uh, of course, Matt Mercer uh, now has uh, other D and D uh, groups. I guess uh, he did. Well, they're they're partnered with Wizards of the Coast at this point. Uh, to their uh, one of their advertisers. Uh, D and D Beyond uh, mm. Wizards uh, kind of database for player uh, character information and uh, and classes and uh, the whole shebang. Uh, they're you know they're sponsoring them currently, mm. um, but so uh, Matthew Mercer has uh, run games for like Wizards of the Coast. Uh, they had um, 
an ongoing game called Force Gray. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar. No, I haven't heard that one. Um, so I think it was a partnership with Nerdist, uh, Chris Hardwick's uh, company, uh, to do like a, a, a short campaign and in also in partnership with uh, Wizard of the Coast to showcase some of their upcoming content because mm -hmm. Wizard of the Coast does like uh, kind of themed content uh, to, to coincide with their releases, right? Um, so Forest Gray was for uh, the Storm King's Thunder uh, release and mm -hmm. then they did a second season of Forest Gray that was uh, had to do with Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, and Joe Manganiello uh, was on it. Uh, that sounds familiar, but I can't. Yeah, he's, place. Uh, he was on huh, he was on True Blood, which I don't watch, but <laughs> that's like, I'm familiar. Familiar. Okay, uh, he was on True Blood, and he was on uh, shoot, where was he? Uh, he was in Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little outside of your wheelhouse, I know. Um, <laughs> Are but, you saying uh, it's in your wheelhouse? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not rule anything out, shall we? Uh, but no, he's actually uh, also playing Deathstroke. I don't know. Did you stay till the end of Justice League? Did you see the end um, credit scene? No. No? So there's an end credit scene. Uh, spoilers if you haven't seen Justice League, but you're better off. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You're not missing yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. So there's, a, there's an end credit scene where, uh, of course... Um, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. But, um, who... Okay, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Who is the main bad guy for Superman? Oh, uh, Krypton? No, no. Uh, no. The, the human guy. The human guy. Like, his, yeah. his main antagonist. Yeah, he was... He was he, that, he's, it's too bad I can't think of his name either. He's like, I've got Kryptonite. And I'm oh, gonna... oh, 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 oh. Crap, no, I'm licking on the day. I know you're talking about Luther. It's okay. So there's trash. there's literally a whole episode the where we forget all the names. Like I think it's that the title is We Forget All we the forget Names. We forget all the names. Yeah, we, we right literally that was just the entire episode is we couldn't think of a single person's name. So <laughs> we will never top that, don't worry. Fair enough. Uh yeah, so Lex Luthor busts out of prison. Uh and they show him busting out of prison or someone realizing that he's gotten out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you know, goes to a nighttime shot of this huge yacht, like this immaculate, you know, sailing vessel. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, like, this boat pulls up to it, and uh, Deathstroke, you know, walks out and then pulls his helmet off to, to talk to Lex Luthor uh, about uh, about starting a League of Evil or whatever, you know. Whatever yeah, there's, there's a there's a Nega Justice League. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that's Joe Mangano, and then uh, they did a, a one shot adventure uh, with Vin Diesel. Yeah, um, I did. I haven't watched it, but I saw that they did that. I was like, yeah. no way! That's it's so it's, awesome. It's super hilarious though because they're like, hey, we want you to do this one. Like they're talking to Matthew Mercer. They're like, hey, we want you to do this one shot for Vin Diesel. He's like, cool. How much time do we have? It's like, oh yeah, I have a couple of hours. He's like, oh, all right. That's a little tight, but I can make you know I can write something to work and you know get some players in, and then they they like call them the week before. They're like, yeah, so we're running into some scheduling issues. Uh, it's gonna be like closer to an hour, hour and a half. He's like, oh okay, I can trim things down. You know, we can get this working, and it ended up being like. Uh, half an hour to 45 minutes that they actually had to play. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, like, the... Yeah, uh, he was he was pretty... Uh, he was pretty nervous about, you know, everyone having a good time and, and 
Oh. And Vin Diesel kind of getting his his spotlight moment. But he rolled a couple of natural twenties, I think. Whoa, uh, which nice. Is, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty short time period to do a few of those. Yeah, you know? no, hundred um, percent. So yeah. Diesel OP. <laughs> the dice is with him. And uh, actually, one of the classes that Matthew Mercer uh, has made and is now like an official D and D class, uh, or it's published on D and D Beyond uh, as part of their, you know, uh, published uh, yeah. content, um, is the Blood Hunter class, which is um, a reworked version of the Witch Hunter class that he created for. Uh, Vin Diesel because the collaboration and uh, video were part of a promotional um, kind of drive for the witch, the last Witch Hunter movie that Vin Diesel was making because uh, the movie was actually based on one of Vin Diesel's D&D characters. And so they're like, yeah, we want to do this whole thing. That's like, really I cool. I can make a class for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, which actually, uh, Taliesin is uh, playing uh, a blood hunter in uh, Campaign 2. Oh, there so, you go. Full circle. <laughs> do you Great. think Vin Diesel will ever come back for a second one? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, if this whole uh, Fast and Furious, this fledgling Fast and Furious franchise ever... Uh, <laughs> Slows ever, down. Yeah, doesn't get off the ground, uh, <laughs> they might... He might find time to, to come back. Well, <laughs> I'm, did he name his character Groot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, he, uh, he doesn't have a lot of free time uh, these days. Nope. Might have a little bit more, though. We don't know. Never know. Eventually, one day, he yeah. will. Okay. Okay. on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come campaign five, you know. Yeah. How long was campaign, like, over the span of how many years was campaign one? I think it was, like, two and a half years, because, like... They they had a couple of uh, weeks where they didn't. Um, we took a quick break. Yeah, and then they had a few more where you know someone else ran a one shot uh, to kind of fill in a gap. Mm. Um, so I want to say it was it was something like two and a half years because um, you know episode count and all to that. To be honest, it's it's amazing to me that they're able to get all these established in the industry people yeah. together in one place at the same time every yeah. week, like. I mean, I think, uh, I want to say that they actually had, I want to say that they're currently, definitely Matthew Mercer, probably less so the others, but uh, definitely uh, the Dungeon Master. Uh, like, th this is their job now. Yeah, I was about to uh, say, like, they have to be making money. It didn't start out that way. No, no. Yeah, I, so the, I think it was a volunteer. The fact that it started out that way is amazing, but now it actually, like, they're probably getting paid for their time at yeah. least, because that's time that's taken away from... Simply because that you know time is money for these kind of people, sure, and it's exactly. time that they're losing from other projects that they're right. um, established with. And so. they, they still manage to, to do some voice acting, but I think they can be a little choosier about uh, what roles they actually you know go after. Yeah, and it's I think it's pretty cool for them because this must be a really fun project for them to do. Yeah. It's so refreshing from everything else. Yeah. Especially Matt Mercer, man. You you can tell he loves the crap out he of this. Does. It never gets old for him. It's true. He's. He gets pretty tired though. <laughs> He's like, I just have to, I have to make everything, and uh, and sometimes they don't, you know. Yeah, I can they don't imagine. the path. Yeah, it's a lot of work to do the show alone, but he has to like come up with the show, and it, yeah, that's like that's yeah. so much. I, I thought about it uh, recently, and uh, like I'll I'll oftentimes pick out his voice if I'm playing a game. I'll be like, that's Matthew Mercer, and the reason is. Because I've listened to that man's voice more than any other voice <laughs> in my life. It's true. And then many different because versions like, of his voice. Exactly. So you know like, his voice inside and out. Basically, like, if you figure he talks, you know, half as much or 
you know, 60% as much as the rest of the cast right. combined, uh, that's, you know, 150 to 200 out like 250 yes. hours of just one person uh which other than probably greg miller uh would be the other voice that i've True. listened to probably uh about that much did you see i got to meet him at pax east no yeah really i got to it was so cool dude that's you know what was awesome. crazy is that um i didn't recognize him at first really? because he's lost so much weight mm -hmm. and he started to grow his beard yeah, he out has the beard now. Yeah, yeah so like i saw him and he's like is that no. no. And then he's like, my friend's like, Dion. yeah, he's like, my friend's like, you know, that's Greg Miller, right? He's like, that is Greg Miller. I'm just like, like holy cow. I think what really sold is that he had a kind of funny shirt. Oh, okay. Um, so, there you go. but yeah, he's such an inspiration because he, he had a dream job at IGN and mm. went off to make his own company doing what he loves kind of funny. And right, exactly. That's just so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been a big fan of him since Up at Noon, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which was his, like, child. Yeah. Like, that was his, that, that's his fun baby. thing. Yeah, like, to he, get to he, do that and, he and Brian Altano, uh, I think Brian's still doing it with Mexico, though. Uh, yeah, they were big for me because <laughs> they were... Greg Miller was one of the biggest personalities from IGN, but also he was a big part of the PlayStation content, which yeah. I was mostly interested in. Sure. So a lot of the content that I went to IGN for would be a lot of that. You got so. from him, yeah. It was always funny because they had like a subtle rivalry between them and the Xbox guys. And I always, because yeah. they had, oh man, remember uh, Beyond, their podcast? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to listen to that. And then there was the other one, um, Unlocked. Podcast Unlocked. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's those guys. It was like, because it's like, <laughs> even though, even though they're not, they kind of like, it kind of seems like sub subconsciously they're playing into those console war bit, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But. Which is, it's funny now because like, uh, they have their kind of bank of personalities that do the podcast. Um, but there is a certain amount of crossover. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll have conversations about like, oh, and you know, this game's coming out and it's like, oh, no, that's a PlayStation exclusive. We don't, yeah. talk, we don't talk about that. We here. don't talk about that here. Yeah. So it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. 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 So Matt Mercer is just in so many things that it's re like, he's just so talented and like, I couldn't think of like a better voice actor to like host this. And it may be kind of biased now being hindsight, you yeah. know, but, like, he's, he plays some of my favorite char characters for, like, anime and stuff like that. And then mm -hmm. he's such a diverse, because, like, he's in Overwatch. Yeah. Um, he does, because um, what what does he do outside of anime and video games? Does he do anything outside of that? Um, yeah, he was in uh, a movie series called Mythica. Mythica. He's in Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was not in Magic Mike. Uh, no. That, there, uh, there were probably some girls that were just like, who was, was it Magic Mike? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Those kinds of girls don't listen to the podcast. Oh. Uh. Oh. <laughs> no. Way, way um, to bring truth into this. Well, you know, uh, that's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think, I think he does mostly do, uh, mostly video games and, and anime. Um, I think, you know, struggling voice actors... You know, uh, not so much anymore, but, you know, earlier on, they do commercials, radio spots, yeah. uh, TV spots, like voiceover for, you know, literally anything. And I think what's what really cool, what sets kind of like a good way to really like uh, send this off is just the fact that 
um, yeah, they're playing characters, but you see so much more of who they are as a real person mm-hmm. than they would mm-hmm. in like a movie because sure. it's not edited; it's live. Right. So you see, because in D and D you have out of character moments, obviously, yeah. but you can really see who they are as a person outside of their characters, even. And it's really cool to see the human aspect of this. Yeah. So it's like you see the uh, you see the you see more than just the actors and the characters, right, you know, exactly. so you, and you, that's kind of a unique experience that you don't have in like movies or TV shows. Yeah. And honestly, some of the, some of the out of character, uh, interactions, especially when, you know, uh, Matt Mercer is, is having a conversation with one of the other players and you just kind of watch, you know, uh, two of the characters interacting, uh, kind of more or less silently. Some of my favorite, uh, moments, uh, in games is, is just watching the, the players kind of, you know, riff on each other and, and, and just have a good time. Because they're all, you know, super good friends and yeah, uh, really tight. Um, it's also something to be said about something that runs for a long time. Kind of like how The Office rewards you for keeping up with all the episodes. Yeah. There's so many inside jokes. Things just keep Very, very same around. thing yeah. here. Yeah. So 100%. the more you watch it, the, it's the more you get from it. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, when you're dealing with very character-driven things... It comes up a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm going to go on. Okay, this is kind of an aside. I'm going to go on record and say that uh, Travis and Laura are probably one of my top three celebrity couples. Aww. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, I've, I've watched them do a bunch of panels together and, like, watching them interact on the show. It's just really kind of incredible. Um, yeah. You definitely get connected with these as real people more yeah. than you would on other things. Which is kind of weird for them, I'm sure. But yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's uh, you know, being in the public eye, I guess. So, yeah. Um, definitely different than your average movie or show but i think it's definitely there's a reason why it's popular because it offers a lot of different things mm. so for sure couldn't get a higher recommendation than that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i should start watching it then yeah get on the, <laughs> get on the program dang it yeah. uh, i would start with and i would say this to people who haven't touched it all start with season two get caught up with that and mm. then when you have bonus time yeah um start on season one yeah because um, you're not going to spoil, you're not going to have any spoilers from season one from season two, right. so you don't have to worry about that. It's completely separate. It's not like normal TV where you've got season one continues off of season one. Uh, in fact, they don't call it season; they call it campaign. Campaign. Yeah. So it's literally a different story, just with the okay. same people. So you don't okay. have to worry about missing out stuff. You're basically starting from a fresh new point. It's it's basically if you know you're watching a TV show and then uh, the next uh, season comes out, it's set 20 years later and <laughs> it's the same actors but they're playing different characters okay so you're like i reg- like i know who all these people are but they're not the people that i remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i will say this about uh campaign one uh it does take them a while to get their audio and set uh, yeah the first one especially to, is very rough yeah um so like but if you can get you know uh if you can get through that uh, and I think you'll be much more apt to if you catch up with seasons. Yes, because then, then you'll you appreciate the, the people and what yeah. they're going for. Then you'll you'll understand that it took them a while to get to that primo qualité. Yeah, know? how many hours a day? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had a lot of time to practice. So, yeah. and that's another thing is that these are live broadcasts, yeah. so they can't go back and edit to fix any of these sure, stuff. Sure, exactly. So got a lot of that stuff. Yeah, but that's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, all right then. That's all we have for today. It was a good podcast. Yeah. Thank oh, yeah. you thank you for joining us. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> won't be the last see of you. But, um, yeah. You're never going to see me again. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about my own Ruby characters, so. <laughs> we, should eventually, we should eventually, like, actually make a, a Ruby team. I mean, I think it'd be really cool. It'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, 
play my D&D characters, I have them drive cars. <laughs> <laughs> Just bundling everything together. We we have we have our own D and D thing where it's like Ruby characters driving cars. Yeah, no, it's like it's like a Fast and Furious or like like yeah, it's like a Fast and Furious kind of setting instead of like your fantasy yeah. thing. We're all Ruby characters. <laughs> Street racing. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's how we tie everything Perfect together. Synergy. <laughs> uh, all right, and with that, uh, thanks for joining us and stay kind. about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price.